This is Active Christianity's Living the Gospel podcast. Join us as we explore different aspects of the gospel according to the Bible and how we can put this into practice in daily life. Welcome to episode 18. It's December 18th and it's exactly one week to Christmas. I'm Eunice. And I'm Malenko. And with us today we have Harald Kronster from Brunstad Christian Church in Norway. Welcome, Harald. Hi, good to be together with you. So, Malenko, how was Christmas like for you growing up? Well, I grew up in Australia, so for us, Christmas meant the start of the uh, summer holidays, actually. Warm Christmas. It was a hot Christmas, and uh, we loved it. But uh, we still got the traditional Christmas atmosphere by closing the windows and turning on them, lighting the candles, even though they would bend over in the heat. <laughs> but uh, Christmas, that was a real highlight for us as kids, and... Uh, of course, it was the presents, it was the visits, my grandmother would come and it was a lot of excitement, Christmas dinner, but we always grew up with the central part of Christmas, that's Jesus. And for me, that has always been what's made it special, mm-hmm. that we have, uh, we have a friend in heaven and this was his birthday that we celebrated together and I got presents on his birthday. What could be better? <laughs> Sounds like an awesome Children's Christmas. Yes, definitely. So that's actually kind of what we're thinking about today, talk a little bit more about the main the main point of Christmas. And we have Harold here with us, and I was just wondering, you know, we know that Jesus loves mankind and he came to earth and died for us, but how do we actually know that he loves me personally, like, uh, you know, little me? Yeah, I think it's important that we understand that Jesus still loves his whole creation. I think it was a great sorrow to him to see how mankind developed after the fall of sins. And he saw all this dysfunctional, broken homes and everything that took place right from the first generation here on earth. Yeah. So I, I think that created a strong longing in his heart to save Mankind. I mean, that was a, the, can you see, the crown of his creation, the, the very most important thing to him. And, um, and we know when he was in heaven, he has written that he was a craftsman with God, and he was a heavenly designer mm. when God created heaven and earth. And uh, we know that uh, mankind, that was really very interest to us, my my love and his longing were with the sons of men. So, um, uh, that that Jesus did not have a personal interest in each single one, that he just was loving mankind in, a, in general, that's not really love. I mean, if you love your kids, your children, just in general, I love them, but you don't even know the names of them. <laughs> that seems very special to a loving father. Or mother, so um, without the love of Christ being something personal, we miss out of the very point. I think. So to me, it is uh, for me personally, and also when I speak with other people, the personal conviction of Jesus' love to us is crucial. And without that, Jesus becomes so distant. He doesn't really apply to my life to my decisions and choices during the everyday's life. And uh, the truth is that he is at my right right hand side. 
So um, he has a personal interest in each single one, and uh, life will be turned upside down when you really start to believe that and believe it in such a way that uh, you act like that, you behave like that, your everyday life is like that, that I'm actually engaged to this very precious, most precious person. Hmm. As Milenko spoke about, the, the, the real center of Christmas, and not only on Christmas Day, but the whole year, he is a central person. And um, if, you don't lo- if you don't believe that that's a very personal thing, uh, I mean, we miss a point. Right. And uh, when you, you get that understanding of his love for me personally, then um, really the response should be to love him in return. But that I don't think it's always necessarily the natural response for most people. No, and um, I guess most people get a, a picture of who God is and who Jesus is from the example they have got from their own parents. I mean, a, a father figure, um, God and my dad, or adults in general, right. will, will form that picture and the concept of God in our As a father. Mind. As a father. Yeah. And many times they grew grown up with a very strict, demanding father who mm. can easily see my mistakes, of course, my shortcomings, but this love that he has to instruct me, teach me, and you get a strong conviction that he wants the very best for me. That's not everyone that has that experience in their childhood. But um, those who I had really loving, caring, God-fearing parents, they know at least something about the love of Christ because the love of Christ had been manifested in them, them as well. Hmm. But many have to learn that. Maybe they grew up in a very legalistic home. Rules and regulations and how to behave was very important in their upbringing. And uh, I think many have a wrong concept of God and Jesus. Mm. So God and Jesus is so distant. It's unapproachable. So so you don't get this personal connection in our everyday life. And uh, when we read about Jesus in the Gospels, for example, it's it's very evident that he wants a, a very close relationship with us. He wants fellowship with us. So he wants to speak to me, and he wants me to speak to him. He, he wants this uh, very natural, um, close relationship. He wants to know what's on my heart. He wants to dine with me. I mean, he wants to have fellowship and eat together with me. We, we share. And I think this very childlike confidence in a loving dad is a relationship that we really should uh, appreciate and look uh, Mm. forward to and try to teach our children and ourselves. Right. I know that was, I got that as a child. It really was, I was, got this feeling of Jesus is my friend and God is my personal friend who cares for me. And that, that really is something I've held on my whole life and it's been a great help in times when I've had problems and, you know, doubts and so on, that childlike faith that I 
remember and that I had, that, that, that's been a preserving thing. So I think that what you're saying there, it's so important for us to think about too when we talk to others that we speak of God in this way, that, that He is our friend and Jesus is my friend and my Savior who did this for me. And uh, just to have this, this loving relationship, that that should come out in everything that I do. What if it's someone who, you know, for them it's not natural, they didn't experience that kind of, maybe that kind of home that you grew up in, Milenko. Would you say that the first thing, like what you're saying, what I get from that is the first thing I have to just believe, I have to trust, and then I have to just start talking to Jesus, start bringing my small situations to Him, and how, how do I begin this relationship with Him? Mm -hmm. Good question. I, I think the most important thing is actually to get to know Jesus as he is portrayed in his own word, in God, the word of God. That's where you get the right picture. Uh, it doesn't really help just to think and to meditate if what I think and meditate upon is not related to the word of God. Because the word of God gives a true description of who Jesus was. And by that, I can learn to know a very loving, kind, generous person who have a specific care for each single one. He didn't chasten anyone away. Some decided not to follow him. They decided not to love him. But his heart was wide open for everyone. So that's what he said, you know, if anyone wants to follow me. It was an invitation to everyone. It was not just some specific people, but those who listened and, and understood, this is a man. I'm called to follow him. And who doesn't want to be together with a person who is so fantastic in his love and care, and one who prays for us, and he wants us to pray to him, and even promise, ask of me. And everyone has, does that, not just a few people, but everyone who pray and ask, they will receive. So that simple childlike relationship to him is what he wants. Knock, and it will be open to you. Seek, and you will find. I mean, God is behind his word. This is Jesus' word, and we know he will not uh, cheat anyone. He will not say something and not keep his promises. So to take God by his own word and get to know him through the word, I think that's a key. Because we all have a picture in our head. If I ask you, who is God? Who is Jesus? Everyone can answer something. Or maybe they say, I don't know. But then that's their answer. But we can get to know him in his own word. And I would... Uh, absolutely recommend to replace the picture that you could can have in your mind mm. with the picture that the word of god portrays yeah and, and and then you really get to know god as he is the real god and uh, i think each one no matter what picture you have from before whether you've got this loving god picture or you don't know god at all i think everyone will be very happily surprised by what they experience, and come into awe as well that we have to do with this God and Jesus, his son, who, what he did for us, if we get to know him, 
I think uh, I think we will really have our eyes opened to something with eternal value. Yeah, I think really it will turn your life upside down. Yeah. I mean, because of follow sins, uh, the relationship between mankind and God was destroyed. And everything turned out to be the opposite way around from God, what he really had in mind and his intention was. We, you know, Adam, before the fall of sins, he spoke with God and God spoke with him. They were living there in this blessed atmosphere. I mean, they didn't have to work. They could eat and they could drink. Everything was just perfect. But then sin by mankind turning away from God's commandments. Then the curse came. And Jesus came to restore that relationship with God. So he turns everything upside down again. That means it becomes right. (laughs) Then we can have this right connection with God. And Jesus is a mediator in this who have made all this possible. And uh, that should create a tremendous love in return on a personal level to him. But um, Hada, we have this relationship with Jesus and we've uh, come into this, that we see him as our friend, our savior, and we have a love for him. Jesus himself talks about through that in tribulations and trials, the love of many will grow cold. And it's also written in Revelation that uh, you've left your first love. So it's a, uh, that's a very serious thing we hear about, that you can have this enthusiasm, this, this love, this burning desire to please him. But in the situations of life that that tapers off, it becomes cold, what what would you say? How do we preserve that love? There's one thing that he, the love of Christ for us is warm and hot and everlasting. But what about our love for Christ? How do we keep that burning? We know in today's society, a lot of relationship break up. And uh, many split up because there is a lack of communication. They right. stop to communicate. They stop doing things together. And we can say they grow away from one another. And if I don't um, cultivate that relationship with Jesus, if I don't pray to him, if I don't talk with him, if I don't read about him and, and have that fellowship with him, it's absolutely because of follow sins, we have tendencies hmm. that makes that we separate ourselves from him. And everything in the kingdom of heaven is voluntarily So, he doesn't force us. He calls on us. He speaks to us in our hearts. But I have to tune in and listen to what he says. And if I come away from that, that is the most sorrowful thing Mm. you can do. I mean, turn away from such possibilities that he has given us. That's utter foolishness. Mm. But it's close at hand if you don't watch and pray. Yeah, so this is uh, this is an active life we're living. Communication, responding to his his. Uh, because then he will still tell you, you know what's right in the little situations according to his word, and then that's a even more of a way to get to know him, isn't it? Yeah, that we follow him in his yeah. footsteps too. Then we get to know him as he is, and I think we appreciate it to a degree that you can never appreciate if you're just um, 
think about what he did for us. Now, Jesus himself, he says that if anyone loves me, he keeps my commandments. So that's a way to be preserved in the first love for Jesus, is to keep his commandments. And then I have to watch out for them. What are they? Where are they written? Uh, does he speak to me in my heart about his own commandments? And that's not heavy stuff. I mean, it's a help to live a fulfilling life. So that is a proof that I love him, that I keep his commandments. It's not just a kind of a nice feeling or something emotional. Uh, keeping his commandments also brings sufferings. Mm. I follow in his footsteps. That brings also sufferings. But that's a way to be liberated and set free from sin, not only outwardly, but also the sin that can bind me inwardly in my thought life. Mm. So um, I think that uh, Jesus says that very clearly in John 14. So um, that's a good test. Yeah. Another thing that uh, Jesus speaks about, that no one has greater love than this, that he lays down his life for his friends. And we see that, of course, that's what Jesus did to us to the greatest degree. And we, if we love Jesus, we also lay down our life for his sake. But it also speaks about his friends. And how would you say that the love of Christ translates into love for the others? Our calling is to partake of the same love that he had. And when you, the verse you mention and also in you read in Paul's letter to the Corinthians in chapter 13, hmm. I mean, it's a well-known and quoted verses. But when you think about that, that and read it with that concept in, in your mind, this should be my life. Hmm then it speaks about unconditional love. No matter how other people behave, if I think they deserve it or not, that's not the question. You, you find your great joy in loving others, mm. no matter. And actually, the greater challenge <laughs> to love them, the greater love you need. And who... who um, who doesn't become happy? It's a person who has most, he, he, who has most love in his heart. Mm. Uh, you're not restricted by us, Paul said. He had enlarged his heart. He mm. says that to the, the Corinthians. But then he says, you, you are limited by your own affections. So that's what limits us. Mm. But with Paul, he had enlarged his heart. And I've seen that picture in my head that Paul had such a great love that all these different people that he served and he wanted to give the gospel, he wanted to bring them the good news. They could behave in many different ways, right. but they never came out of his heart and his love and mm. his care and his prayers. And think what a fantastic life to live. Yeah. So it, it's amazing to think the fruits of Jesus that he came to earth, we have that full salvation we can get through him and that relationship, a hope for eternal life. And then the love of Christ also makes it that we have love to one another. We become, it becomes heaven on earth, mm. despite the situations and no matter how the others are, that we actually can experience that. And if you think at Jesus, he died for the whole world 
So there wasn't a sin that he didn't die for, or a sin that he didn't die for. And then how I can have it in my heart, you know, that it's so easy to become bitter and offended. But if we're driven by the love of Christ and the love he's given me, then I owe it to him to love the others as well. And it, it, absolutely. And, and um, Paul, he writes that uh, Jesus, he died for us when we were still sinners, hmm. when we were ungodly, when we were unrighteous, when we were enemies. So that is a measure and the standard of the law of Christ. Mm. And, and John, he writes that um, uh, if you say you love God that you don't see, but you don't love your brother that you do see. I mean, he, he, he mocks that kind of faith. Mm. It's fake. It has no value. I mean, I can say I love my neighbor who lives in a totally different country, but if it's put to the test, that really shows, shows yeah. if I love him. So uh, we have to have that relationship to our fellow men. Yeah. And that's what makes life so exciting that I can partake of more love of Christ. Yeah. And those, those who live the most fulfilling life is those who have the greatest content of love in their hearts. Yeah. And that... People see the love of Christ through us, and maybe that will also make them want to have the same love in return and seek a, a relationship with Jesus. Yeah, so, there, so it's actually a, a work that you, in that way, it's outreach as well. Yeah. Like it, it extends through us to the others. So I think this is a really, a really good theme to think about at Christmas now, when we think about what we're really celebrating and that this love of Christ that he had for us, that that can come into our own lives and uh, spread its warmth and its goodness and its blessing where we are. And then this will really be a blessed season. So thank you, Harald. This was a very edifying and uplifting conversation. Yeah, likewise. A pleasure. will give us a lot to think about, I think. And uh, I think it will make our Christmas even more special when we really think about it like this. So thank you for listening today and the next episode will be out on Monday, December 23rd instead of Wednesday, which would be Christmas Day. Next week we're going to have another special guest, so don't miss out on that one. Thanks for listening and good luck with the rest of your Christmas preparations wherever in the world you are listening from, whether it's summer in Australia or cold in Norway and everything in between. Have a good week. Bye. Goodbye. Bye-bye.